welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Justin Timberlake's favorite football oh, podcast. Oh, man. You have said this before. No. Have I? Yes. Impossible. Careful there. Are you kidding me? Yes, because, and then, this is where I say, and it's going to be May. Are you serious? I'm quite certain. That drives me nuts. I thought that were, there was no way I had already said leave that Leave a comment before. down below. If, leave a, honestly, smash the like button if I've said Justin Timberlake before. I'm I, almost certain you have. I just cannot believe I think it. You, I think you said of Justin Timberlake's favorite football podcast, and I said, oh, and it's going to be May. Probably, because, yeah, because that's right? probably why I would have said it. Yeah. Son of a gun. We got to maybe start this Can one over. Can you start over. this one over? Yeah. I'm joined, obviously, by my illustrious producer, Joe Thiessen. That's why I said JT, because oh. Mike is calling you JT now. Mm. And I like it. I like it, too. I like it. JT. It's something new. It's something fresh. Something yeah. spicy. I don't know. Yeah. It's something bold. Bold. I, I, yeah. Bold. Yeah. This whole time, we've just been Joe and Joe. We've never done anything about the fact that our names are the same and when in reality in real life people call us big joe and little joe yeah that's how it's always been we've never i cannot believe this is episode 68 yeah that has never once come up until now yeah that i like i'm referred to as big joe yeah and you're referred to as little Little joe Joe, and we've never ever once even brought it up Strange, um, isn't it? Yeah, that is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so, but we're not even going with the little Joe now. We're gonna call you JT. Yeah, JT's fine too. JT's cool. JT's I like cool. that. Big kinda, Joe. Sorry. No, it's fine. You can call me Big Joe still. Big Joe and JT. Big Joe, JT, JT and Big Joe. That's not bad. That sounds. What like, about Mike? What are we gonna call Mike? He's uh Mike. Nice. Yeah, just Mike. Big Mike. Big big Mike. Well, I already have kind of the corner on the big thing. Can we call him MF? MF. <laughs> we can call him MF. I don't mind that. MF Mike. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. How was your week? It was fine. Let me turn this around a little bit. Yeah, no, thanks for... You were really... I mean, it's a Monday. You I were should, steering a ship that was heading towards an iceberg. So I should you. say, how was, <laughs> how was your weekend? It was a good weekend. A uh, good week overall. Just so much football to be watched, uh, and there was a lot, and we watched a lot. Uh, by we, I mean me, and <laughs> involuntarily my wife, and involuntarily me, and even. involuntarily Joe. Everybody that watches football when they're around you is involuntarily. Yeah, except for Joel. Yeah, except for our good buddy Joel. Um, Why do you always say our good buddy, Joel? Because I think it's a thing. Like I said it one time and then I kept saying it over and over again. And now it's So just, you're going to stick to it. Yeah. I don't actually hate it when people call people buddy. That's my least favorite thing. Really? If somebody calls me buddy, oh man, that drives me nuts. What? I just Like absolute, if I say, hey buddy, how's it going? No, you, you maybe not. But somebody that I feel like, I don't know if they think that they're, I don't know if they think that I'm a child and they call me buddy you know what i'm saying i think bud is worse no bud's bad too but buddy is like buddy is you're a little boy to me that's what buddy is no bud is way worse like hey bud that's worse than hey buddy because bud is like a canadian like we call like canadians call each other bud like it's a hey bud like what's going on you know i didn't know that we did that as canadians well we don't per se but other canadians but per se maybe we do but per se because i feel like 
Because we say A a lot more than I think that we realize. I Yeah, I think that is true. That's probably another thing that we say in li- real life that we've never said on the podcast. Yeah, before. it's also true. Yeah. Um, I'm not myself on the pod, okay? Yeah, listen, Sue me. This is an act. We're not actually like this. These aren't even our real voices. It's all a bit. It's all a bit. Uh, how was your week? I didn't get talk to you about your week. My week or my weekend? Oh, well, we mean it's been a week since we recorded a podcast. That's true. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. Uh, you know, we're getting close to having the baby. Well, not really. You said but it feels like it on every episode. <laughs> we're getting close. We're getting close. Funny story. I actually have a good story for you guys today. Perfect. Um, um, <laughs> you're gonna love this. Real quick before we get into this story. Sorry to interrupt. Um. We're going to talk football later Later point in this episode. We had just uh, recently more listeners come in, which is just phenomenal. Thank you guys so much. Keep sharing the podcast. We really appreciate it. This is the Average Joe Football Show where we talk football, and that'll be the meat of this episode and the meat of every episode. We talk a lot of football, but producer Joe, who I've been conversing with and who is sitting here with me, does not watch football. He does not like football per se. Like he said, it's kind of an involuntary thing. He's kind of a, a football watcher by association. Um, he uh, is here just to be my producer uh, and also just to, uh, you know, bring a little levity to the podcast, uh, a sort of a comedic relief. But we're going to talk football. We're going to talk week one uh, recap. We're going to talk about all the crazy things that happened in week one. But uh, we'll get to that later with our good friend, Mike. Uh, on his second episode of the podcast. But, Joe, carry on with your story. Sorry, I realized why everything seemed so quiet. Yeah. Because I had my monitor half off. Yeah, now it's so loud. Now it's it's better now? Okay, yeah, it's good now. Anyways, so I found out... Um, actually, I, f- I found this, this out before I came here today. I found out that um, my, my baby mm. is twice as long as I thought he was. Wow. Twice as long. Twice as long. Um, because it, I we thought he was sitting in there sideways. Okay. Okay, so here imagine this is my this is great for podcasting, I yeah, know. But he's showing me with his hands. Yeah, so my wife's belly is like this. Uh-huh. And the feet are were here and his head was over here. So okay. he was like laying lengthwise in yeah. the belly, we thought. Um turns out here I was I was singing to him. I was kissing his head over here and doing all this stuff. I was kissing his butt the whole time. Unbelievable. His legs are here. His butt is here. His head is down here. Whoa. So he's, he's in an L l- shape. He's in an L shape. So he's way bigger than I thought he was, than I was imagining. It is ridiculous. That and, is. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Wow. That's, yeah, you're, you, were, you were kissing your son's butt. Yeah, and singing right into his butt. <laughs> And patting his butt and, you know. Yeah. Well, patting patting the butt is something that you do. Normal. That's normal. Yeah. The I rest know. of it, maybe not so much. Um, yeah. No, that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. You're Funny, doing, isn't it? That's silly. It's yeah. definitely silly. Uh, I do. Okay. Uh, before we get you out of here and we talk to Mike, uh, fantasy football this week. Oh, my goodness. It, yeah. was, it was me versus you. Yeah. Um, I... Joe, can you just like no 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 I'll tell him actually. Okay. I'll tell him. I can tell him. I um I actually just kind of bent Joe over and spanked him. Yeah. Over uh, and over and over the entire week. Yeah. It was bad. Um why don't I just pull up the actual actually I don't have it. You want to pull it up? Pull yeah, up. give me a quick second here. All right. Uh it was really bad. And let's just let's go over exactly how embarrassing this is. Because I have a team that I tried 
you know, I tried to make a good team. And I think Joe tried as well. However, Joe, you have what? Three defenses on your team? Yeah, three, three defenses. defenses. Two kickers? Yeah. Um, And what's the score currently going into Monday Night Football? We're recording this on Monday night. Um, Currently... It's me with 123.22 and you with 78.46. Yeah. So, <laughs> not great. I mean, yeah. Darren Waller did just catch another ball, but he'd have yeah. to score. Well, yeah, you're at 80 points now. An unbelievable amount of points for me to even even make it close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, you're not at 80 points. I lied. I'm not at 80 points. And 78, so win probability. Okay. 99% for me, 1% for Joe. All right. Uh, yeah, so I was just getting my absolute <laughs> handed to me. Uh, sorry, um, butt handed to me. And um, I don't know if we're going to have to bleep that out. I've never said a word like that on the podcast. Probably. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Joe was just kicking my butt. And uh, it kind of hurts because I feel like you did this last year on early on in the season as well. You you completely destroyed me in fantasy. My fantasy team is falling apart in at the seams in week one. Jerry Judy leg was bent in half. Apparently he's fine. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's out. He was on both of my fantasy teams. Uh, and I've been told by a lot of people to not talk about fantasy because nobody cares about your fantasy team. But it's my podcast. I'll do what I want to. Joe, I don't know if you have anything else you want to discuss. No, I'm don't, good. Don't feel bad if you have something else to discuss, okay? Sorry, I'm <clears throat> making a bunch of... Uh, yeah, what is going on? Can you hear that? Yeah, I can. It's like, here's another thing about me. I can't burp. <laughs> I can't burp, but sometimes there's like like gas leaks from my stomach Yeah. that leak out my throat. Yeah. It's not a burp, but it's just Disgusting. like Disgusting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. I'm done. Fair enough. Well, uh, Joe, it's been a pleasure. But without further ado, why don't we jump over to the real meat and potatoes of the pod? Why don't we jump into the football content? All right, after five months... Around five months, I don't know. We don't. I don't know the exact math. Around five months, a few months, without football, we're finally freaking back, baby. I'm obviously, obviously joined by our newest co-host slash super guest slash celebrity guest slash, uh, I don't know, good dude, Mike. Uh, football's back, Mike. It's back, baby. It's back, and it's better than ever. This week was insane, and I'm just I'm hyped to be talking football again. I was over baseball, golf, soccer, what else is whatever else is out there. It's it's football season, and I couldn't be happier. Joe, how are you today, dude? I'm fantastic. Week one of the NFL season is is genuinely like Christmas Day for football fans. It's like it is the it is like the Super Bowl's fun and all that, but. When you get going on week one and there's like every single team essentially is playing, it's like, what is even happening? It's pure chaos, uh, but it's so fun. Like you cannot beat that feeling as a football fan. And then and then you add in the, the, the pure chaos that is week one where teams that you thought would be terrible are winning games. Things that teams that you thought would be amazing are not playing well. Week one is just crazy. 
uh, and, and it's full of overreactions. And, you know, we're not going to do any of that here on this podcast, obviously. You know, no, we speak the truth. Yeah, we, we, don't, speak, we don't overreact to nothing. <laughs> exactly. We speak the truth and only the truth. But um, no, obviously, we got to do a little overreacting or else we wouldn't have a podcast. What's the point of having a podcast if you don't overreact? But the NFL exactly. is full of overreactions week to week. So we're going to try to recap all the craziness and overreact to all the craziness that was week one of the NFL season. Uh, you know, and, and without further ado, you know, we don't need to beat around the bush for too long. Why don't we just jump into the games? And the first game, Mike, if you'll join me, the first game that I Absolutely. want to talk about is is the first game of the NFL season. Uh, we, we won't spend too much time on this because by the time this podcast is released on Wednesday, it'll be almost a week since this game uh, actually happened. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously the defending Super Bowl champs, hosted the Dallas Cowboys. My Dallas Cowboys. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. My my Not my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, for the inaugural game of the 2021 NFL season. Uh, and my overreaction to this game is Dak is back, baby. Dak is back, Mike. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on on this game as a whole you can you can take it wherever you want joe i wouldn't say that's much of an overreaction i have i have dak he's he's leading the mvp race already through week one and i know the mvp race is over like next week already like that's how <laughs> quick the season feels <laughs> yeah. but no dak you know putting up 42 completions on 58 attempts 403 yards three touchdowns and only one pick and it's sad to say they got the loss on the game because he honestly played he they played more like the reigning Super Bowl champs than the Bucks did in my opinion. The Cowboys came out firing. They they had an answer to almost everything the Bucks were putting up. And Dak did not look like he was hurt all the last season. It was fun to watch. I was genuinely stunned. Uh, I along with a lot of people was very worried this would be a blowout game like we've seen uh, oftentimes with that first game of the season. Uh, I, I, a lot of people thought that the the uh, Cowboys were coming into a buzzsaw game where they're just going to get destroyed by this returning uh, Super Bowl champion. But I was so impressed with with Dak Prescott, with the, with the Cowboys in general. Even their defense to me played so much better than I than I expected. But Dak Prescott, I think the moment in that game, and it happened very very early in the game. It was the it was actually Dak Prescott's first play of the game. So I don't know if you remember, but. Bradley Pinion, the punter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, the, the Buccaneers can't uh, don't convert on third down. He's got to punt it away. He punts it to the two-yard line. So just horrible starting position for the Cowboys. And what do they do on their first play? They go empty in the backfield. Just Dak Prescott back there in his own end zone. And I'm like, okay, the Cowboys, they're fine with they're, – they're, like, they think Dak's ready. Because that, that was insane to me, to have him go empty – like with all the shoulder injury news and all the you know, it seemed on hard knocks like it was. It just seemed like a weird situation, and it it seemed like it would something that might linger on into the season. And then they come out and they're like, "Okay, Dak, you got no protection. You're in your own end zone. Go nuts." I thought to me that was the moment. I was like, "Okay, this is he's ready to go." Yeah, no, for sure, and especially you know, 58 attempts. They were like. No, the shoulder's fine. We're going to let him throw the ball. You know, they held him back in the preseason, wouldn't let him touch a football. And they were like, all right, game one, first play. You're in your own end zone. Show me what you got. And yeah. Dak Prescott showed everyone what he had. I'm pretty sure 
the Bucks fans at the end of the day going home became big Dak Prescott fans because I mean I am I hated the Cowboys like two years ago <laughs> I'm one of the biggest Prescott fans out there and it was just it was so fun to watch him light up that defense and I think that's that's what makes this so much more, I, I guess more fun to talk about is Dak Prescott you know we've we've seen we've seen the Cowboys. They're the most popular. I've always said they're like the L.A. Lakers of of the NFL, where they have the most obnoxious fan base, and 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 the, you know they're they're the big team, the most popular team. And sometimes it can get it can get tiresome. Uh, all all of the 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 credit and the attention that they get. But to me, Dak Prescott has. I mean, Dak Prescott is the one of the most likable guys in the NFL, and like all the stuff that he's been through the last year with in the last few years his mom dying of cancer and then um he talks about his struggles with depression that he's been uh that he's been struggling with depression and then his brother commits suicide obviously just just terrible and then his leg snaps in half in a game in which he's playing incredible that season and to see him come back and play as well as he did i mean i was i was i mean it almost emotional honestly it sounds silly but he he was so good and 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 you talked about 58 attempts like just outrageous Ezekiel Elliott was basically an afterthought in this game which somebody who has him on his fantasy team I I did not appreciate that from the Cowboys but uh they they basically said Dak it's your team and he he was phenomenal I mean some of the some of the throws that he made in this game and staying in the pocket and you know we talked about all week or, or all everybody talked about Zach Martin on the COVID nineteen uh, list would not play in this game, and I was so worried about that dominant Buccaneers defensive line against a, a beaten up offensive line. But Dak just stood in there. He made some tough throws. He took some big hits, and he, he looked so good uh, in, in that first game. Yeah, no, that's for sure. I thought that Zach Martin's absence was going to be a lot bigger of a a role than it actually was. The D line still looked good. Um, the defense seems to be a little bit injury plagued. I don't know if you saw Sean Murphy bunting's oh, nasty oh, dislocated man. elbow. Prayers up for him. Apparently, he I don't think he's going to miss a whole lot of time, but they were already out, uh, I think, Jordan Whitehead. And, I mean, the defense looked like it was just becoming the new Baltimore Ravens, which we'll probably get to later <laughs> oh, on in the podcast. And uh, But I will say I hope Dak learns to slide or get out of bounds because there was a few plays where he was running with the ball and he would like take some awkward hits, and I was just praying yes. that he didn't get up and his leg was going to be sideways yep. again. But yep. you know, he he managed to walk away healthy. Um, but I mean, we also got to talk about the other quarterback on the other team because he's not no nobody. He's Mr. Tom Brady over there. I was, I was gonna say we should maybe talk about the team that actually won this game, and that's the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and we talked about you know the overreaction, and I agree with you. It's not really an overreaction to say that Dak is back, but I just I don't know. I just wanted to talk about Dak. But if we want to talk maybe more overreactions, this really was a game for the Buccaneers. Obviously, Tom Brady played phenomenal, and that's to be expected. Which maybe it shouldn't be expected when you think he's what forty four years old now. Is he forty four? I believe he is 44, and 44. he, I mean, he's my dad's age, and my dad does not look like that. I can tell you that for <laughs> Unbelievable. Sure. Uh, it is just incredible what he can, like, so he finished the game 32 for 50. I mean, there were so many freaking passes thrown in this game, my goodness. 32 for 50, 379 yards, four touchdowns, two picks, both of which not really his fault at all. One of them went off the hands of Leonard Fournette and went directly into the hands of a Dallas Cowboys defender. The other one was on a Hail Mary that the Cowboys nearly took back for a touchdown. That was almost 
uh, a disaster scenario for the yeah. for the Bucks. But Tom Brady looks so poised. Some of the throws he made in this game, it's like he might be better now than he was when he was in his 20s. Like some of the throws that he's making. It's nuts to say, but like I've heard it for like two years in a row that he's playing better now than in his 20s. And I'm like, I don't believe it. And then he proves to me that he looks good. Like that arm, it's still got some heat on it. And it was sad to watch um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans drop a few passes that were just beautiful dimes. Like Gronk showed up, Antonio Brown showed up, but Godwin and Evans struggled in this game. And it, it, it hurt to watch because, yeah, like you said, the two picks weren't really his fault, but... If you look at the stat line, it's still a good stat line. It could have been better, though. They probably could have put up a few more points. Uh, but, again, I don't want to say the Cowboys' defense didn't do anything because they stepped up when they needed to. But, yeah, no, Tom Brady looks good still for a 44-year-old man. Yeah, and you talked about Antonio Brown and Gronk, and that was kind of where I was uh, getting to when uh, with, with, the, with the people being back. And apparently Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown are just back to being elite NFL players. When last year, you know, last year they were huge in the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, but wasn't the biggest years for their career. They had really big games. And obviously I talked about the Super Bowl, they were huge. But in this game, Rob Gronkowski, eight receptions, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, five receptions. Is it five? Five receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. And Chris Godwin also had a had a buck uh, five and, and a touchdown. So just uh, players that kind of had down years last year, players that maybe we thought were on the downslide in, in Gronk and AB's uh, uh, perspective, just came back and completely balled out in this game. That just speaks to how lethal this team is. Like the, the amount of weapons at Tom Brady's disposal on this team. Like in Leonard Fournette, I think is still a really good running back. They barely even used him, just like Zeke on the Cowboys side. There's so many weapons, both offensively and defensively, on this Bucks team. Yeah, I know that's for sure. And I know you've uh, you've talked about the lack of running game, but I feel like the coaches knew that going into this game. I know they don't prepare according to the fans, but ratings were up, and I think it's due to the the amount of passing that went on. I think they knew they had Tom Brady. Dak Prescott, two gunslingers, and they wanted to see them go head to head and see like the the competition there. And you know they let the ball fly. Yeah. I was a fan of watching this game. I mean, I think it was a be- one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Like it was just fun to watch from kickoff till the the clock ran out. And Genuinely. I mean, I, yeah, I'm hoping there's a lot more of these games this year. Um, I know with the fans back, you could really tell the energy in the stadium was there, and it was just overall, it was a joy. Yeah, uh, you talked about the fans, and and we were we were treated with this was one of the best opening day games or opening night games we've we uh, that I can in recent memory like like I talked about we've had some blowouts like last year uh, we had the Chiefs blow out the Texans and we we've had blowouts before every time the Patriots win basically they blow out whoever they play against um, but. This was such a good way to open things up. And then you have fans, and that was such a big part of this weekend, I think, was having full stadiums again. The fans were back. And it's just like football is really – like last year football was back too, but there was, there was still a weirdness to it with no fans in a lot of stadiums. But this year football is, is – it's, it's really back. And, and that, was, that was one of the biggest takeaways from this game is definitely the fans uh, and, and just football being back. But that, that kind of wraps up the first game – uh, of of the of the slate, the week one slate, Mike. Do you have 
anywhere you want to go from here. What game do you want to I talk mean, about? If we're talking overreactions, I think I'm going to have to take the Houston Texans to the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> the fact that we ever doubted that team, I, it just shows that anything can happen in the NFL. And Tyrod Taylor looked good. I, I mean, I don't know why we overlooked him so much, but my goodness. I love that. Out of all the games that were so good this weekend, all, all of the incredible games, the game that you want to start off talking with is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. That's incredible. Uh, tell me tell me I'm wrong that you were not blown away with what happened in that game. Like everyone I talked to has been like, it, it was the craziest thing they've ever seen. It was insane because we had kind of just, you know, conceded to the fact that the Texans were going to be like a 1-6 or 1-15 team, maybe not win a game all season long. They were going to be this number one overall draft pick. And to have them... Not only beat the Jaguars, who are a team that some people had as like a wild card team, which I thought was a huge stretch to begin with in general, but to, to not not only beat the Texans, but destroy. I'm uh, sorry, the Jaguars not only beat them, but but honestly, it wasn't close. Like, the, the, what what was the final score of this game? I don't even know what the final score of this game was. I it have was, it. I have it right here. Give me one second. It was, it was uh, Houston 37, uh, Jacksonville 21. And I think it would have been 37-14, but I think near the end of the game, the the Texans kind of were just like, eh, you know, we'll let you get, we'll give you a pity score. Yeah, you can you can score a few. Uh, and out of yeah. all the all the uh, all the um, the rookie debuts, Trevor Lawrence, he was he had some moments in this game. He looked he. Uh, I was listening to an, a podcast and they, and they talked about how if you would take uh, all of Trevor Lawrence's good plays and you would put them into a highlight reel, they would probably be the most impressive out of any, any rookie in week one. But then if you would take all of his bad plays and combine them into one, he would look like the worst rookie out of everyone. So just a very uneven performance. He had three interceptions in this game. Uh, just just a shaky performance from the guy that I projected to be the, the offensive rookie of the year last week. Yeah, no, that's for sure. The craziest thing to me isn't that is like is it that is it his first loss ever or first regular season loss ever? That's a good question. I I, I know the it might it might be his first. It would be his first regular season loss since high school. I don't know if he ever lost in high school, but I think it's his first regular season loss of his career. Because I know he wrong. he lost the national championship to to Joe Burrow in LS uh, LSU, and then last year oh no last year he also wanted uh, he lost in the college football playoff to ohio state to justin fields so yeah it would have been probably his first regular season loss that's an insane i think that's gonna be something that's so interesting to see this year with with trevor lawrence and urban meyer who give him credit one of the greatest college football coaches of all time urban meyer uh multiple national championships barely ever lost a game however in the nfl you're gonna lose games and if you're on the Jacksonville Jaguars you're gonna lose a lot of games uh so to me I don't know the vibes with the with the Jaguars are not good right now like Urban Meyer this was both both the worst start you could possibly have to your NFL career is losing to a team that people projected as you know relegating to the CFL like we did last week on the episode yeah no it's for sure I mean, I guess if you're Trevor Lawrence, you could look at it as a gift um, in the way of you've now lost your first game. It's out of the way. The pressure's not there. You don't have to hear about the streak 
you know, for another couple games, or whatever. Like now, it's like okay, let's let's go let's go on to next week. Let's see who we're playing. Let's let's try to get a dub. Um, and then on the other side, oh man, I just completely lost my question there. I was gonna ask. Oh, here it is. I mean, I I said this as a joke, but if Tyrod continues to play good, and you know, with all the all the things uh, surrounding Deshaun, I think I think. Um, Deshaun could honestly lose his starting role as a Texans quarterback, and I, that's that's a very that's a reach. It really is. But if if Tyrod can continue to play well, and Deshaun wants to sit on the bench with all the uh, um, allegations surrounding him, all the trade requests, like I think that you know Houston could kind of just sway towards uh, a different quarterback. What do you think on that? I I think I I think, and I've I voice this opinion, and I I think a lot of people voice this opinion. I think. Deshaun Watson's gone regardless. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play another game in Houston. I think there's, uh, I mean, we've seen even before week one kicked off, there was more rumors about the Dolphins potentially trading for Deshaun Watson, which is just such a tough situation for their current starting quarterback. But uh, I think Deshaun Watson's gone. Uh, and, and as far as Tyrod Taylor goes, yeah, he played really good in this game. But we also have to understand, he's not going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars defense every single week. Um, you know, but I, I was, I was impressed. And Danny Amendola, uh, will that guy ever, uh, retire either? Like he was like a huge part of the Texans. Like what the heck, where did that even come from? I think he was signed like this past week and he was catching like big passes in an NFL game. What a bizarre situation. Playoff Danny always comes to play. He always comes to play week one with the 2021 Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, but I know, uh, I know there was one team you wanted to overreact to. I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll get into we'll get into the game that uh, you know we we all want to talk about. Well, at least I want to talk about. It. I don't know if you want to talk about, it, but my overreaction is the Miami Dolphins sit alone at the top of the AFC East. That's right, the only team in the AFC East with a undefeated record, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Obviously, the Dolphins defeated the Patriots 17-16. to My Dolphins defeated your Patriots uh, this week. How are you feeling, Mike? Wow, heart hurts a little hearing it. You <laughs> know, I was finally over the loss. It was quite the rough Sunday for me, but uh, um, I, it was a good game. I can say Mac Jones did everything he could do. I mean, he was honestly the best-looking rookie out there for sure. Tua, um, I did not think Tua... Well, I wasn't overly high on Tua until I watched this game, and he okay. looked good as well. He made like one or two little errors, but for the most mm -hmm. part, he played a phenomenal game. Both defenses, I mean, they look good. I heard from you know other people that they they were a little bit uh, lacking, but I was like, I don't know which game you watched because, I mean, both defense showed up to play. Uh, Dolphins winning the turnover battle that was huge for them, especially there at the end of the game. But uh, yeah, Dolphins sit up up top, but. I mean, it is only week one, so you just wait till week 15, 16 when the Pats are like, I don't know, 14 and one at that point, and we'll be talking <laughs> a different story. All right. Okay. I mean, well, they get a nice gimme next week against the Jets. I think that the Dolphins and, and Patriots play next week 18, week 18, the final week of the season. So that should be interesting to see where that where the teams have come. But but as far as this game goes, this was a, this was a fun game. It was a weird, ugly game at times. Um, the Dolphins started out, they came out, uh, they got a stop versus Mac Jones. Mac Jones on that first drive, 
I mean, he did not look good on that first drive, and and I'm not trying to he be critical not. because he came out later on and played really well. So I'm not I'm not trying to be a hater, but on that first drive, that ugly backwards lateral that was a fumble, he looked scared. Uh, at that point, I was like, oh boy, this could be a little bit too big for for McCorkle here. Um, and then the Dolphins came out that next drive, drove down the field, uh, a really nice 10 play, 80 yard drive. Um, really, really, I mean, just a perfect drive. Uh, really good play calling, drove it right down the field. And then from from that point on, it really felt like things started to shift a little bit. Mac Jones really came into his own. I thought Mac Jones looked really comfortable in this game. And as much as I hate to admit it, I was obviously, I was hoping Mac Jones would really struggle just as a Dolphins fan. But as an unbiased, you know, podcaster, uh, Mac Jones really impressed me. And, and he did some of the things that we thought he would do. I mean, he's he's poised in the pocket. Uh, he's got the pre-snap things essentially figured out, which is so big for a rookie. Um, but one of the things that I was so, so impressed with Mac Jones in this game was his ability to stand in there and take a hit and just deliver a perfect ball. He had a few passes uh, to Nelson Aguilar and to others where, I mean, the Dolphins got there. The Dolphins blitzed on over 40% of their snaps, which was, I think, the most out of any team this this week. Um, they they tried to bring the pressure, and, and they couldn't really get home a lot. But when they did, Mac Jones stayed in there, and he delivered some strikes. I was really impressed by Mac Jones, not only his poise in the pocket, uh, his subtle athleticism, but but kind of his ability to, to stay in there and deliver very accurate throws. Yeah, I know. Uh, you, you nailed it. Um, I believe that Mac Jones in the years to come will be just one of the most dominant pocket passers we see. But the play that really um, excited me was like you were talking about when the, when the pocket would break down, he could just sling the ball in there. And uh, I think it was a third down pretty late in the game. It looked like the the line just completely botched it or it was a failed screen attempt. I don't know what happened, but the Dolphins came right after him from the snap. He had two D linemen like in his face. He backpedaled, I think, five to eight draw or steps and just fired a, a laser towards Jacoby Myers while getting hit. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like after watching Tom Brady just throw the ball in the dirt or take a, you know, take a, a sack or you know, not not be very mobile. It was good to see Mac Jones kind of running around, stepping up in the pocket and just lasering the ball. Like Cam Newton didn't have the same type of throwing power. So it, it is good to see someone who can just fire something in there. Yeah, that's an aspect of of his game that I don't know if Tom Brady's ever had that. And let's and let's slow down. Obviously, obviously, we're not comparing Mac Jones to Tom Brady. I think we're both in agreement. Absolutely not. Mac Jones is nowhere near Tom Brady. Uh, you know, and and that's it. It very few quarterbacks are. However, um, there are things that I think Mac Jones is better than Tom Brady. I think Mac Jones is a little bit of a better athlete. I think it's underrated how Mac Jones was considered this slow, pudgy guy who could barely run. He ran like a like a four eight forty. Like that's not that slow. Tom Brady ran like a five three. Like let's relax. He's not he's not a statue in the pocket. And his ability to throw. I mean, off platform. I remember watching his film at Alabama, and I was like, he's not gonna be able to do this in the NFL. Like some of the things he he throws off his back foot, or like he drifts backwards. He did it in this game. He he made some really good throws, drifting and and and, and throwing. Uh, you know, with with pressure in his face. My favorite throw by Mac Jones, uh, and we will get into the Dolphins. They won the stinking game after all. But uh, my favorite throw by Mac Jones, uh, I don't. It might have been a third down too, but it was a wheel route to James James White, 
gorgeous. I mean, that throw, and it was it was frustrating watching it at the time. And a lot of these throws that Mac Jones made were just like so infuriating to watch at the time. But that throw, even I, even through the frustration, I was like, wow, that was a nice throw. I mean, that was just right on the money. Jerome Baker was there. I mean, he wasn't perfectly covered, but just a, a perfect picture perfect throw to James White on that on that throw. Um, and, you know, I, I thought Mac Jones played really well. That that throw was nice. However, uh, one thing that he struggled with was getting the ball into the end zone. Uh, the Dolphins very much played, they played a weird defense. The Dolphins are very much known for man coverage, playing man coverage. I thought they played a lot of zone. They didn't They didn't uh, really play man up. The Patriots very much avoided throwing to Xavier Howard. They barely even looked at that guy. Um, but the Dolphins played very, very soft coverage, brought a lot of blitzes, um, a ton of open receivers, I thought, for the Patriots in this game. Um, the Dolphins very much played a d- bend but don't break style. The Patriots completely and utterly outgained the Dolphins. It was the Patriots had 393 yards of total offense. The Dolphins had 259. But the Dolf- Dolphins would allow the Patriots to get in the red zone, allow the Patriots to get uh, you know on their side of the field, and then they would just that's when they would start to get stout and they would stop them and then field goals. And uh, if if you know I I th- think Mac Jones probably played a better overall game than Tua, but I think the one aspect that Tua played better is he got the ball in the end zone. Tua had a, a rushing touchdown to start off the game and then later on threw a touchdown to, to Jalen Waddle. And th- that was really the difference maker to me was was the Dolphins' ability to finish drives, even if it was just two drives. There wasn't a whole lot of scoring in this game, obviously 17 to 16. But the ability to finish those drives, whereas Mac Jones's drives kind of ended in field goals. But I don't know, what are your what are your keys to this game? What do you think was the was the most important aspect of this this win for the Dolphins and and the and the loss for the Patriots? So, like you said, uh, I'll I'll take it with the loss for the Patriots. Uh, the keys to them losing was, like you said, the red zone. They were not able to score when they were inside the twenty or the twenty five. They would get you know within a few yards. Get backed up by penalties. Had I believe eight penalties for eighty something yards. It really killed them, um, and so they weren't able to to score touchdowns. And field goals aren't going to win you many games in the NFL. And then on the Dolphins side, they were able to win the uh, turnover battle, which led to points. I believe it was ten or fourteen points off the two fumbles, and so that really helped them in this game. And I just think that. Um, and they also had less penalties. I believe they only had three or five penalties in this game. So I feel like the Dolphins were more prepared, I guess more, um, I can't think of the word, more, uh, I wouldn't say patient, just they, they seemed like they were playing a bit more relaxed, whereas the Patriots were a little more jumpy and a little more like, um, again, can't think of the word. They were a bit more edgy, not undisciplined. really. There we go, undisciplined. That's the word I was looking for. I appreciate it. And so Brian Flores really, he tightened the ship. Um, he, he had the Dolphins on the right path, and clearly that shows. That's why they won yeah. the football game. That was something that I had written down is that the Dolphins outpatrioted the Patriots. Um, this is something that we've seen for years with the New England Patriots where it looks like they're down, and the Dolphins, it, to me, the Dolphins, I thought they were dead in the water when, when Mac Jones was wa- marching down the field with something like three minutes, four minutes left. Um and somehow they pull this game out. And that's what the Patriots have been doing for years. It's like, you don't know how they won that game, but they won that game. And, and, and the Patriots have, their calling card has been, they are a disciplined team. They don't, they're always, always like the least penalized team in the NFL. 
And since Brian Flores has gotten to Miami, Miami's right there with him. Miami hardly ever gets penalized. It's basically them and New England are the least penalized teams. And you talked about the penalties. Uh, New England had uh, eight penalties for uh, 84 yards. I think you said that. The Dolphins had five for 28. So just an un an un uh, New England performance from from Bill Belichick's group. So just you don't see that very often where just killer penalties killing them and and that's something that you know they'll probably straighten out but to me the the ultimate difference maker was uh was the turnovers like you talked about um Mac Jones had a fumble early that one ended up he ended up jumping on that one um and then uh Johnny Smith had a fumble where he got flipped around he did like a whole flip fumble that one they recovered too but the two fumbles by their two running backs Ramondre Stevenson fumbled early in the game the Dolphins uh ended up ended up grabbing that and then the huge fumble I believe there was four I don't know exactly how much time you might know better than me how much time I believe was it was like 330 or 340 something was yeah. left the Dolphin or uh, the Patriots marching into Dolphins territory uh, and in a, a nice gain by Damien Harris who played really really well in this game Damien Harris looked really good but he fumbled the ball. Xavier Howard gets in there, gets a fumble, and and that's that's something that the pe- that, that people have been talking about. The Dolphins they can't recreate the turnovers. They won so many games last year because they were turning the ball over. Well, they did it in this game. They they got two fumble recoveries. Although Mac Jones didn't throw a pick, um, you know d- the Dolphins found a way, found a way, and it, it was an ugly win. Um, but I'd rather win an ugly game then lose a pretty game. And I, I really felt feel, felt like this, that kind of describes this game. The Dolphins kind of won it ugly, and the Patriots kind of kind of lost pretty. You know, you saw some really good things from Mac Jones, things to be encouraged about. But when it comes down to it, uh, you know, a win's a win. And obviously, as, as the Dolphins fan, uh, I'll take the win over the Patriots, especially in Foxborough. Um, you know, it doesn't happen very often. But uh, that was obviously a really good game. Why don't we move on to one of the other games? Mike, where do you want to take uh, this game? Uh, yeah, there's one more game I would actually love to uh, to overreact to, Joe. I know you, you talked about it before we started recording here. It was the Arizona Cardinals uh, beating down the Tennessee Titans 38-13. to What's your overreaction on this one? Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's right. My overreaction, the, the Arizona Cardinals are going to the Super Bowl, baby. I mean... This was a team that everybody, including myself, counted out. I had them finishing fourth in this division. Uh, you had them finishing third, I think. Um, they were a team that, listen, if they were in any other division, they would probably be fine. Uh, but I just didn't think they were good enough to play like they did today. They played incredible. I mean, I I, I never saw it out of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. I hadn't seen quite enough out of Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray was incredible today. I mean, the overall stats won't blow you away. He was 21 for 32, 289 yards, four touchdowns through the air, an interception, uh, and he also had a rush, a rushing touchdown. But, uh, I mean, just, uh, he was, he looked like, I'm, and I said this, I think I said this last year, uh, during last season, he just looks like the fastest player on the field, no matter what field he's on. And the fact that he's a quarterback makes that even more unbelievable. I mean, he played so good. Uh, and and I wasn't totally shocked to see the the Arizona Cardinals offense dominate because I think they have that ability and I, I think the Tennessee Titans defense is really bad. The part of this game that surprised me the most was the the Car- Cardinals defense taking the the Tennessee Titans lunch money. I mean, they dominated this game on every aspect. It wasn't just offensively, but it was defensively as well. 
Yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, I have Chandler Jones with five sacks. Five sacks. That is, that is something you do not see in every NFL football game for sure. And then yet you add J.J. Watt to the mix. And that defense, I mean, to, to hold Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill to 13 points, that is mm-hmm. like... I Going into this game, I would have said if the Cardinals are going to win, it's going to be, I don't know, 28-24 or 35-31 or something. But to, to win 38-13 and to hold... Ryan Tannehill and that offense to next to nothing. I was like, wow, this defense is for real. I think I had them finishing third in the division. That, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch all year what, what happens in that division, which is every team in that division won this week, which yeah. is also nuts. Yeah, every single team in that division undefeated so far. Obviously, it's week one, but we live for overreactions. And to to me, they they kind of wrote the blueprint on how exactly you want to play the Tennessee Titans. They got off to a really hot start, 17 to nothing. And listen, everybody wants to score all the time right at the beginning. That's not a that's not like a generational or like a new new information. Obviously, you want to score points at the beginning, but if you're up 17 nothing on the Tennessee Titans, that eliminates essentially Derrick Henry. I mean, you can still run him, but they got to throw to get to get to catch up with you. And and Derrick Henry, like you talked about, got held to to 58 yards on 17 carries. That's 3.4 yeah. yards per carry. Just and, and he's he's no matter how good Ryan Tannehill has been, and he's been really good the last two seasons. Derrick Henry is this offense. Uh, and, and if you hold him down, if you take him out of the game, you're probably going to do a pretty good job against the Tennessee Titans. And 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 Ryan Tannehill was just overmatched. You talked about Chandler Jones with five freaking sacks in this game. Unbelievable. That guy. He asked for a trade earlier this offseason. He's there. Uh, they better pay that man because he played incredible. He had two strip sacks of Ryan Tannehill. And the, the Tennessee Titans just looked so overmatched in this game. And I was I was incredibly... Obviously, I'm not really saying that they're Super Bowl bound, but I was very impressed by the Arizona Cardinals. They were one of the biggest surprises from week one of the NFL season. But speaking of surprises... Uh, I, I want to talk about another game that that was a shocker to me in week one, and it was the Green Bay Packers against the against the New Orleans Saints. What the heck happened in this game, Mike? Joe, I'm going to say it right here, right now, for everyone listening. The Green Bay Packers played how we thought the Houston Texans would play. <laughs> like, it was... As Matt LaFleur said, it was embarrassing. I don't care what Aaron Rodgers had to say to that. You let Jameis Winston throw for 148 yards. You see that stat, you're like, wow, that's that's Jameis Winston numbers. Nothing special, you know? No interceptions, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. The man came to play. Saints winning 38-3. to Where where were the Packers, Joe? Where was Aaron Rodgers? That is one of the one of the biggest things for me. Aaron Rodgers, and I talked about it. Uh, during the off-season pods, I was so incredibly tired of Aaron Rodgers complaining all off-season long. He's not getting enough help. He's not getting enough help. You cannot do that. You cannot go and say, "Hey, I I didn't get enough help. Uh, I need help. You guys need to listen to me more." And then they bring in Randall Cobb to satisfy you, and then you come out and you play like this in Week One. I mean, this was atrocious. He gave me one fantasy point this week. 
one fantasy point. I had the defending MVP on my on on my fantasy team. I was like, oh yeah, feeling good. One fantasy point. He was so bad, and it got to a point where he just looked like he gave up on this game. I mean, he had some interceptions in this game. It's like, what are you doing, Aaron Rodgers? Speaking of giving up, Joe, I will first I will first let you know I had Matt Ryan in fantasy. He gave me six point seven points. Solid. So I mean, my my quarterback position was solid, but. Speaking of giving up, I've heard a conspiracy that Aaron Rodgers might have thrown this game to get back at the Packers. I don't believe it, but if this is what's going to be going on all season, like the Packers and the Lambeau fans are in for a whirlwind. And yeah. it could, we don't know what we're going to hear from this team, but let's just hope he did not throw it. Let's hope it was just a conspiracy, but we're going to have to wait and see for sure this season. But no, hats off to Jameis Winston and. I read somewhere, and it's probably going to happen that you know every every analyst, everyone's going to be talking about what happened to the Packers instead of praising Jameis Winston. I mean, the man threw his ego aside, sat on the bench for a year, and learned how to play quarterback. Absolutely, uh, I do think that's funny. The the narrative that you talked about that Aaron Rodgers is just going to is just going to destroy the Packers from the inside. This scene that's really funny. I've I've seen that a few places. I I find that hilarious. But yeah, Jameis Winston. Obviously, we. I think sometimes we get too caught up in talking about the teams that lost, and I saw that a lot this week. With, uh, or sorry, this week. I mean, it's been one day since the games, but I've seen that a lot already. With, uh, you know, in in games like the Patriots and Dolphins game, basically everybody's talking about the Patriots. You'd think that they won that game. Uh, you know, the Cowboys versus Buccaneers game. Everybody's talking about the Cowboys, including us. When you you know you think the Cowboys won that game, uh, in this game too, everybody's talking about the Packers. You'd think that they that they well, I mean, okay, you wouldn't think that they won that game with the way the people are talking about it. But Jameis Winston, this game was just so bizarre to throw for. He's the only quarterback in history to throw for less than 150 yards and and five touchdowns. What an insane stat! Uh, but but five touchdowns is nothing to scoff at. Uh, and, 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 and I, I like what you said about putting his ego aside. Not a lot of quarterbacks would have done that. Um, he talked about how much Drew Brees has taught him, and and it looked good. I mean, Sean Payton has done an incredible job through one week. Again, through one week, it could change. I didn't have the Saints in my playoff predictions. I might end up looking pretty silly because of that because they they looked they looked good in this game and, and they're ready to go Alvin Kamara is ready to go uh and in Green Bay they're gonna need to bounce back quick if they don't want things to to, to to take a slide because Aaron Rodgers if you don't start if you're not winning games if you're not an MVP caliber player uh players on your team are gonna be like hey what the heck was all that man why did you do all that garbage it's like it's like you have to perform now after that high school musical that you put on during the NFL offseason. No, that's you you got it right. You dead on. Joe, I, I will say it's looking gloom over there in Green Bay. Next week, uh here uh, or this upcoming week, I should say, they're going to Detroit to face a Motor City Dan Campbell Motors. and let me tell you, it's going to be a dogfight over there. Motor City Dan's come for the kneecaps. <laughs> he ain't going to let them off easy. Aaron, you better watch out for your kneecaps, but I think that's a good transition into uh, another game that's worth talking about, and that's the San Francisco 49ers versus the Detroit Lions. And this was a bizarre game. I mean, uh, the the Niners were up. What were the Niners up at one point? It was it was substantial. I mean, like they had like a a, a massive lead uh, on the Lions. Oof, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they were up. I mean, I can pull it up real quick. I, should, I, should I, I believe it was. Down. It was probably. I would say it was a good twenty. 20 uh probably 20 plus points yeah it was 
It was 31 to 10 at one point. So we're talking 21 points. And that's at half. That's at halftime. 31 to 10. I remember I, I saw this game and I was flicking through so many games. There's so many games going on. It's like, yeah, you don't even know where to yeah. go. Uh, and like Trey Lance comes in, he throws his first ever pass. That's a touchdown. And you're like, okay, the 49ers are just destroying the Detroit Lions. And then the Lions come back and it's like they, they were within a possession of going to tie up the game. What a bizarre game. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this game as a whole on the on the Niners, on the Detroit Lions side of things. What were your thoughts on this game? Well, I mean, San Francisco looked unstoppable for about two and a half quarters, close to three quarters. They looked like that offense was rolling. Like you said, Trey Lance came in, threw for his first touchdown or got his first touchdown. Jimmy G, you know, willing to give up. Uh, he's not willing to give up his starting role just yet. He had quite the game, 17 for 25, 314 yards and a touchdown. Um, like you said, Detroit made a run for the ages there at the end. It was quite exciting to watch. I, I tuned in right when they were making their comeback. George Kittle had the, the muffed uh, onside kick. And it gave the Lions hope. I was honestly hoping this game would get tied up and go into OT. That would have just been nuts. Um, but there, there is some life for Detroit. I was dogging on them before the season started. And I will say, Detroit, I'm not saying they're winning a bunch of games, but they actually did not play too bad there in the last quarter and a half. Yeah, that was, uh, and you know, that's maybe the attitude of Dan Campbell uh, influencing his players like that. You know, as much as we make fun of the kneecap biting and, and everybody has fun at, at Dan Campbell's expense. Uh, but, you know, that kind of dog mentality, it, it seemed to work through one week. I mean, it didn't work in a win, per se, but they they, they, they came from being essentially dead to rights to do nearly pulling off a comeback against uh, what a lot of people consider to be a Super Bowl contender. But onto another game that I want to talk about, and this was one of the big games going to this week, one of the games of the week, uh, and my overreaction to this one is we witnessed the preview of the AFC Championship this week, and it was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. This was a crazy game. This game felt like it was 15 hours long. Like this was this was a nuts game. The Chiefs end up winning 33 to 29. Cleveland came in scorching hot. They started off with a 22 to 10 lead. Uh, they were leading 22 to 10 at half. Baker looked really sharp throughout this whole game. I was really impressed by Baker. Obviously until the end, but we'll get into that. Uh, he looked really good. Um, but uh, but something happened along the way. Something happened along the way to the Cleveland Browns where they blew this lead. Uh, what what happened, Mike? They they got sloppy in the second half, Joe. Uh, they, I think, only scored seven points in the second half, which gave Patrick Mahomes all he needed to do to make the comeback. Their, their, um, their offense wasn't there. The special teams uh, muffed a punt, I believe, which set up the Chiefs for an easy touchdown. They got, like I said, they just got sloppy. They were, they were one of those. It was just like the the Lions and Niners game. They were up two and a half quarters of domination. Chiefs really couldn't do anything about it. And all of a sudden, you know, I don't know if it's Patrick Mahomes doing some kind of voodoo or what, but all of a sudden, here came the Chiefs. You know, Tyreek Hill caught a 74 yard bomb, um, scored. Uh, the Chiefs just got loose in the second half and and looked like the team they we thought they would look like going into the season, unstoppable as always. And I mean, like you said, Baker Mayfield on the final drive, it was driving uh, the ball down the field and it looked like he got tripped up and threw an interception. I believe he was trying to get the ball out of bounds and it just, it just didn't get there. It was sad to watch. It really was. Yeah, uh, and I think if you're if you're a Browns fan, I think you can 
Uh, and obviously, moral victories aren't a thing. You either win the game or you lose the game. And I think there were a lot of scenarios this week where it felt like moral victories. We talked about the the, the Cowboys and, and, uh, and the Patriots and, and you know, in, in this game where, you know, the team didn't win, but there were some really encouraging signs. And to me, the Browns, I think you can genuinely take a step back. And again, it's week one. Let's not overreact too much. But to go toe-to-toe with... Uh, you know, the defending AFC champions, the back-to-back AFC champions with Patrick Mahomes and, and, and this incredible offense, a team that I think is just going to be so dominant this year. It's an encouraging sign for a team that that is looking to take the next step. Uh, Baker looked good. I thought the defense looked really good at times. But when you're up on the Kansas City Chiefs, you cannot, you cannot let your foot off the gas pedal. You can't. Uh, and you talked about the mistakes that they made in this game. Nick Chubb had a fumble. He only had a one fumble all season long last year. He had a fumble in this game. Uh, and then you talked about the, the 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 punter dropping the snap in their own at their own 15 yard line. That was brutal. And then Baker had that killer interception to Mike Hughes to seal off uh, that game right there. But I do want to just before we move on from this game, I want to talk about the Chiefs uh, and and. It's gone to a point where the Chiefs just do this for fun almost. It seems like they're down in a game. They're like, okay, we're down two scores. All right, let's do it. Let's start Let's start playing now. Um, they do this almost every game. But I want to talk about the Chiefs in September, and more specifically Patrick Mahomes in September. So in Patrick Mahomes' career, he's played 11 games in the month of September. He is 11-0 and in those games. He's never lost a September game. He averages 331 yards per, per game. And this is the craziest part of it all. Through September, through his 11 games, 35 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions. Patrick Mahomes, he's a freak, Mike. I don't I don't know I don't know what other way to describe it. Yeah. Um I don't I don't even know what to add to that. Well, I guess we're going to have to stop start calling him Mr. September. Mr. Uh, September. that's for sure. I mean, I, I knew Patrick Mahomes was a great quarterback. As much as I don't like talking about Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, uh, but due to all the fan hype around here, yeah, I knew he was a great quarterback. But those stats, those stats are just, that's ridiculous. You don't hear about those from anybody. Yeah. Um, only the elite quarterbacks is where you hear, hear those stats from. Um, 35 touchdowns, no interceptions in 11 games. That is... That's incredible. I mean, most quarterbacks don't even throw that in a full season. And some of the things... And for him to do it in 11 games. Yeah. Some of the things that the, that the Chiefs do... I mean, in Patrick Mahomes and, 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 and uh, Tyreek Hill, and they just look special when you watch them. And, and you can never count them out. It's the reason why in the Super Bowl they were getting thoroughly dominated. And we just never... We couldn't turn the TV off because you never know when Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to come back. And, and they come back so fast and so fierce. You can play a near-perfect game, but if you don't play the perfect game, they're going to find these little cracks and they're going to find a way to come back in this game. But why don't we, before we get into our Week 2 picks, why don't we go over some of the games quickly that we hadn't talked about yet. And one big game that we haven't talked about yet, I can't believe we haven't talked about this game, but it's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. you have anything uh, to talk about when it comes to that game? Because that was a little bit of a shocker as well. I have I have one word, and it's disappointing. Um, to, to see the Buffalo Bills make it to the championship last game, or last year, um, and Josh Allen had the season of a lifetime, and to come into this game, he just looked uncomfortable. He looked like he wasn't throwing the ball. He was trying to, like, place it. You know, he mm-hmm. wasn't just letting it flow. 
And the, the Bills struggled this game. They struggled a lot. Luckily for them, up to halftime, the Steelers, I think Ben Roethlisberger had like 50 yards. Looking like Ben Roethlisberger just looks old. Mm-hmm. I mean, they notched out the win 23 to 16, but I think they're going to have to look into the quarterback position sooner than later because Ben just did not look good to this game, even though they got the, the win. But for the Bills, they got the Dolphins up next, Joe. And uh-huh. as we saw with the Patriots, the Dolphins defense, it's there. Yeah. It's I, I, I'm a little concerned for, for the Bills. What about you? I am. I, I, I feel the same way. Uh, Josh Allen did not look very good in this game. He looked a lot like the older Josh Allen, where at times he would try to force things. He would, you know, he looked scared at times. And I wonder how much of that. And I'm, and I'm very curious to, 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 you know, the coming weeks. I think we'll find out uh, how much of that was Josh Allen regression. How much is that is the Pittsburgh Steelers defense being incredible? Because they really do have an incredible defense. And and I think we'll find out in the coming weeks. Is Josh Allen really on, you know, not the decline because I still think, you know, he played all right. Let's I, I won't act like he was a complete disaster, but there were times like he was very inaccurate. He was just missing throws and, and, and you know, in, in, in things we didn't see last year and, and looking scared. And, and I'm curious how much of that was the Steelers defense. We'll find out next week. He's always dominated the Dolphins. So we'll see. Can he get back to his winning ways versus the Dolphins or is he just... Uh, not the same guy as last year, but on to the next game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons. Any quick words on that game? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looked dominant. I mean, 27 for 35, I think it was 264, three touchdowns, no picks, and also 62 yards on the ground. Jalen Hurts, from, from what we saw out of the Eagles last year, uh, to finish the season basically throwing the game against the Giants, like, this was a totally totally different Eagles team. Yeah, the Eagles shocked me. This was one this is another one of those games that I was shocked. Like 32 to 6. That's insane. I picked the Falcons to win this game. I thought the Falcons would be better than people expected. I was so wrong uh, through one week. Uh, Jalen Hurts played well. Uh, our good buddy Joel who's on this podcast sometimes, he was rubbing it in. The, you know, the Eagles played really well. I have a bet with him that the Eagles won't win more than 5 games this season. Not looking great uh, after this this romping. But on to the next game. Let's go on to the Sam Darnold revenge game. Uh, the Jets versus the Panthers. Good for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold came out playing pretty well. He finished 25 for 34, uh, 24 for 35, rather, 279 yards uh, and a touchdown. Him and Robbie Anderson connected on a huge 57-yard bomb against their former team. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how much of this game you watched, Mike. Uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I don't know how much you caught of it. I didn't catch a whole lot, but uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he looks good. He looked healthy. Like you said, Sam Darnold actually played really well. Um, Robert Anderson, uh, them two connected on that deep pass, like you said, had the had the revenge game. I will say uh, Zach Wilson struggled a lot, but the Jets defense against the Carolina Panthers, looked, they looked pretty strong in my opinion. They put up... They gave up 19 points, but it, it, the the Panthers really had to work for those 19 points. I was going to say, 19 points is not a whole lot. I mean, when you look at the the, the, the weapons that Sam Darnold has at his uh, disposal, he's got Robbie Anderson, like we talked about. He's got DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, who just, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is still so good. We almost forgot about him. He had 98 yards rushing and 89 yards receiving. Um, yeah, it looks like you have something to say, Mike. One last thing on this game. Did you expect the Buffalo Bills to give up the most points in the week one? Like, out of the AFC East teams, did you expect the Bills to give up the most points? Absolutely not. I mean, and that kind of speaks to how we felt about these. I, 
I don't know. It was just such a, it's a weird week. Week one's always weird. It was a weird, weird week. I would have definitely not expected that. But uh, yeah, Zach Wilson, like you talked about, struggled a little bit. But he, he, you played better in the second half. Um, and the Panthers uh, come out with a win. And then on to the next game, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Washington football team. Justin Herbert looked good. Ryan Fitzpatrick, however, injured his hip. It looks like he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Very disappointing for uh, for the Washington football at team. Least, at least three weeks is what I was reading. Um, it is sad. They have Taylor Heineke, who played good last year in the postseason. But, Joe, I got a question for you. Do they bring in Cam Newton? Dude, to I was gonna ask you this. Rivera? I was gonna ask you this exact same question. I hope they do. Just do it. Bring in Cam Newton. Why not? Like we know, Ron Rivera loves Cam Newton. They were like hugging in the preseason game. Bring him in. Just do it. I mean, I don't know. Ryan Fitzpatrick is an old man. If if he's got a hip injury, it could be in an extended period of time. Bring in Cam, even if he's not starting right away. Yeah, I don't see why not. Bring in Cam for for however long it takes. I think it's a good idea. But on to uh, another f- uh, couple games. We're almost through every game. We want to just give a little bit on every game. The Seattle Seahawks at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Carson Wentz, I thought he played okay, uh, struggled at times. But Russell Wilson, Mike, he was your MVP pick to start the season. Not looking too bad through one week. 18 for 23, 254, and four touchdowns. I mean... Where was the Colts' defense? I mean, Tyler Lockett was just, hey, I'm running a seam, 75 <laughs> yards downfield. Russell Wilson's like, I got you. And just, it was yep. it was fun to watch. Yep. the Tyler Lockett to Russell Wilson is one of the most fun connections in the NFL. One of the most underrated connections, I yep. think, too. But Russell Wilson, they let him cook in this game. Uh, he looked really, really good. The Denver Broncos squeak out a 27-13 to victory over the New York Giants. I didn't watch a whole lot of this game. I'm not going to lie, Mike. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this game as a whole. I, You know, I didn't watch too much, only to see Daniel Jones continuing to struggle in the Giants uniform. But for uh, the Broncos, Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater had a impressive start to his Broncos career. Um, it was actually a pretty good showing from him. You know, 28 for 36, 264 as well, and I believe two TDs. Yeah, Teddy played well, uh, you know, and he is playing uh, a defense that a lot of people thought would be pretty good with the Giants, so he played good. And Daniel Jones, I've talked about on numerous occasions, the turnovers. I mean, I don't care. I don't care what what kind of yardage you throw for. I don't care about any of that. If you're turning the ball over at the rate that Daniel Jones is turning the ball over, it it just it doesn't work. I can't have a quarterback that turns the ball over like that. So I'm just I I'm not on board. Uh, with Daniel Jones, and and hopefully he turns things around, uh, but did not look great. Um, and I believe that's all the games minus the Sunday night football game. Uh, and uh, it was between the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams. This was a fun game, uh, Mike. I don't know. I don't know if you if you watched the entirety of this game or, or what. What were your thoughts on on Matthew Stafford's debut with the Los Angeles Rams? So yeah, I watched a good chunk of this game, but Matthew Stafford looks lethal with some good offensive weapons around him like he's not much of a bootleg quarterback or like a move around a lot quarterback kind of throwing the run but in this offense he kind of has to be and he looked good doing it he looked like he was slinging the ball out there he was doing it with um fizzazz i'll even throw out there matthews 
Matthew Stafford looked good, and I'm excited to watch the Rams this season. He looked happy to be in Los Angeles. Like He looked like a guy that's been stuck in Detroit, been stuck losing for years, and he's finally he realizes, that, okay, I'm in a place where I have a chance to really compete for something. And you know Sean McVay wanted – he called those deep bombs to, to, to Van Jefferson and, and to Cooper Cup. He's like, I want to show off my new toy. I want to show off what Matthew Stafford can do. Uh, and he did just that. That was It was really fun to watch. And Justin Fields got in this game a little bit there. I, th- I think he had a rushing touchdown as well, so good for him. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see him – Sooner rather than later. Andy Dalton, I was actually overall kind of impressed by the Bears. They played quite a bit better than I expected. Uh, David Montgomery played really, really well in this game. But overall, uh, the Los Angeles Rams open up that stadium with a bang. And Matthew Stafford, I- I'm so excited for this Rams team. They're, they, they look poised to, to be a contender uh, in the NFC this year. Uh, but that kind of wraps up our week one uh recap our week one review why don't we move on to week two unless you have something else you want to say hey i have one more thing i would like to add joe and it's a question okay who uh who was your most um d- uh, like the player that disappointed you the most and the player that impressed you the most yes this week? okay i forgot we were going to talk about it. okay yes uh the most disappointing player this week Oh shoot! I'll have to. I have to think about that a little bit. Who who was the most? There was a lot of a lot of performances that I thought were pretty disappointing. Um, you want to go first, and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll I'll go on mine. I got you. I got All you. Right. Um, I have two. I guess I got two, and they were both quarterbacks. It was Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. I would have to say Aaron Rodgers disappointed me a little bit more. Um, his play was it was subpar for sure. And I'm really hoping he can bounce back. And my player that impressed me the most was from the Cincinnati Bengals, and that was Joe Burrow. He went 20 for 27, 261, two touchdowns, and he looked he looked comfortable doing it, Joe. I told you at the beginning of this, uh, last week, if Joe Burrow can be comfortable and confident in that knee, he's gonna he's gonna have a good season. And Joe Burrow looked comfortable and confident. that was a game we totally forgot to talk about. Shoot, sorry, Cincinnati uh, Bengals fans and in, in Minnesota Vikings, we didn't even talk about that game. Joe Burrow wins in overtime. Uh, yeah, it, it, things looked really bad in Cincinnati before the season. All the all the Jamar Chase can't catch things, and then Jamar Chase says he can't catch the ball because he looks because uh, it looks different than the than the college ball. It's like, oh man, things seem so bad, and they put all that to bed this week. Jamar Chase had a huge game. Joe Burrow had a game-winning drive. They looked really good overall. I thought uh, against an overmatch. I mean, a Vikings team that. Uh, I don't know. That team looks like they could be in for a real slide here this season. Uh, yeah. But as far as my most disappointing, you got to go with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I, I, you said Aaron Rodgers. I'll have to go somewhere else. That's Aaron Rodgers, everybody knows that guy was incredibly disappointing this week. So why don't I go with um, Ryan Tannehill? I don't – Ryan Tannehill disappointed me. I, I, I vouch for that guy. I, I said he was uh, like a top five quarterback the last few years. He looked he looked bad in this game at times, and, and he looked overmatched. I was not impressed by the Titans. They were probably my most disappointing team. Uh, well, I mean, the Packers were also pretty bad, but the Titans were pretty disappointing. And as far as uh, my best performance from week one, huh, that's uh, there was a lot of really great performances. Like we talked about, Russell Wilson played really well. 
Um, you know, uh, Joe Burrow played really well, but Kyler Murray, I think to me, impressed me a ton sticking to that same game. Uh, he could be right there in the MVP ballot, uh, through one week. And obviously it's one week. Let's relax. But Kyler Murray, five touchdowns. He just looked like a video game character at some points this week. Really impressed by the Arizona Cardinals and by Kyler Murray. But now, as long as we have nothing else to talk about, why don't we move on to our week two picks uh, and it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. We're picking these games on Monday night. So fresh off, uh, you know, the batch uh, of Sunday night or Sunday games. And, and we haven't even seen what happened in the Las Vegas versus Baltimore game yet, uh, the Monday night football game. But we're going to go through uh, our week two picks. But a quick recap of how we did last week. And, Mike, it was not very good. <laughs> it was not very good. Oh. It was Let's skip the yeah. recap, Joe. Let's just skip it was, the recap. Ah, man, this uh, it, week ones are always weird, but this one felt like it was really weird. Like a ton of, I don't know, a ton of surprises. I, if my calculations are correct, I went eight and seven last week in my picks, and you went seven and eight. Uh, if if yep. my calculations, so overall not well. And this this is with the Sunday night football game, or sorry, Monday night football game. Uh, not having being over yet, so obviously that's not included in these calculations. So right now I'm sitting at eight and seven. You're sitting at seven and eight. Uh, I technically beat you this week, but I think we're both losers when it comes to, to comes to last week's picks. Uh, why don't we try to change things around a little bit? Who do you got in the Thursday night game? The New York Giants versus the Washington Football Team. I took New York this last week, and oh, it was bad, Joe. I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to go with Washington. All right, Washington. You believe in Taylor Heineke or Cam Newton or whoever they bring I in do. there? Oh, Cam Newton's coming. All right. I, I'm going to pick Washington as well. I don't, like I said, not high on Daniel Jones. Uh, the Giants, not high on them at all. So let, let's go Washington in that game. And then why don't we move on to Denver versus Jacksonville? Uh, who do you got in this game? I took Denver in this game. Jacksonville with the inconsistency from Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to take uh, Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater in this yeah, game. Yeah, Jacksonville, it looks like it could be a rough season, especially after losing to Houston in week one. I mean, uh, that was that's probably your best chance at a win, and, and you couldn't even bring that out. So I picked Denver as well in that game. Then on to the next game, Houston at Cleveland. Houston coming off a huge victory. Cleveland. They didn't win in week one. Technically, Houston's a better team. Who you got in week two, Houston versus Cleveland? You know, Joe, I'm almost tempted to do it for the memes for the and memes. go with Houston. but And I know the way pick'ems work. They always go against what you what you should be picking. But I'm going to have to go with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Yeah, let's not get cute here. Uh, you know, Obviously, Houston impressed us, but they were still playing the Jaguars. I think Cleveland really impressed me in week one. I think they're on the way to a, a contending season. So give me Cleveland against the fighting David Cullies. Um, and then on to the next game, Cincinnati at Chicago, the Andy Dalton revenge game. Who do you got in this game, Mike? I'm taking Joe Burrow. Uh, right. I did not see enough out of the Bears against the – I know the Rams have a great defense, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. All right, we have our first disagreement. I'm picking Chicago. It seems kind of okay. weird. It, I don't know why entirely, but I was kind of impressed by the by the Bears. I thought they, they were setting up to be embarrassed, and they were at times. I mean, some of those deep bombs were – were pretty embarrassing by the defense, but I thought David Montgomery played well. 
Uh, I don't know. The Bengals, I'm still not totally sold on them, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Andy Dalton gets revenge versus his former team in Cincinnati. And then on to uh, an AFC East uh, matchup. Buffalo going into Miami, playing the Miami Dolphins. What are you thinking for this game, Mike? I, I really had a tough time with this. I made I made my decision and then changed it. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think Josh Allen's going to have a comeback game as bad as I wanted to choose the Dolphins. I just... I think Josh Allen's going to really step it up. This is a huge game for for both these teams. Miami, if you win this game and you you go up 2-0 in 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 the division and you've beaten two the two other teams that will be competing for that division, that's massive. Uh I don't totally believe that Miami will win this game because Josh Allen has I mean kicked their butt every single time he's played them. But just for fun, and because I like the Dolphins and I want them to win, I'm going to pick Miami in this game, although I don't totally believe it. But I think it'll be more fun. Honestly, if they win, I'm going to come into next week's episode wearing a suit or something because I will have picked them to win, and then they beat Buffalo. It's going to be a good time. But on to the next game, San Francisco at Philadelphia. Philadelphia played pretty good this last week, but I'm still picking San Francisco. Who you got in this game, Mike? Again, another one of them tough ones, but Joe, we're disagreeing. I'm gonna go with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Okay. I, I I saw enough out of him. I think I think Philadelphia is gonna pull it out. All right, he picks with he picks Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't mind that. I don't hate that. That that looks like a more entertaining game than we would have thought it would would have been before the start of the NFL season. And speaking of entertaining games, we got the New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers. Who you got in the NFC South uh, matchup here? I'm going to take Jameis Winston and the Saints. All right. I got the Saints as well. Carolina, uh, just not there yet. Saints really impressed me, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them do it again in week two. And then the Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, give me the Rams in this game. I, I just talked about how I think they're going to be a contender this season. I don't think that changes against the Colts. I am also going with uh, the Los Angeles Rams on this one. Um, with what they did against the Bears, I don't see the Colts stopping them. All right, and then on to the Las Vegas Raiders, who are playing as we're recording this game right now. A little bit of a tough pick, but Las Vegas versus Pittsburgh. Who you got in this game, Mike? Um, if my boy JT can hear me, I'm going to let him choose this one for me. Joe, okay, all right. Joe, he's going to let you pick this game. What's that? Yeah, man, it's your turn. I... I didn't even know you were still here, to be honest. Um, yeah, Mike, you're gonna have to repeat that game. What is that? <laughs> what game is that? It was the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Who you got? Oh man, honestly, you have to really. When it comes down to it, you got to think about it because you got the Raiders, okay? <laughs> and last year, you could see how they were playing, and it's like, okay, they <laughs> did pretty good, okay? But. Ugh. But then you got the Steelers, and the, their, their Steelers defense really just it, it can't be beat. Honestly, the defense, the offensive line is what I, is really what what it comes down to. <laughs> so honestly, in this game, oh man, this is a hard one. I got to take the Steelers in this game. All right, I really the do. Pittsburgh Steelers. I really Joe, do. I, I that's that's a that's good a pick. Good, my, that's Mike, a good you pick. feeling good about that pick? I'm that's that's the winning pick right there. Listen, Joe, I agree with you. I'm picking Pittsburgh as well. Maybe we should let you do all of our picks. That's yeah. not a bad pick. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Uh, on to the next game, if we can keep it going. The New New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. Uh, do the Patriots bounce back this week, Mike? Absolutely. Mac Jones is going to have a 400 yard game Ooh. this week, Joe. I won't go that far, 
But, yeah, this seems like a good get-right game for the Patriots. I'm picking New England as well. And then on to Minnesota versus Arizona, uh, the first of the 4 o'clock games. Give me Arizona. Minnesota looks like a mess right now. Arizona looks like a fun, exciting team. Uh, what are you thinking? I'm also going to go with Arizona. I think Kyler Murray is going to have another impressive performance in this one. All right, and then on to another NFC South uh, duel, and it's the Atlanta Falcons versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Falcons, as my voice cracks like a child, uh, the Falcons did not look good in week one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are awesome. I'll take Tampa Bay, and I have a feeling I know where you're going in this game as well. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm going to take Tom Brady over uh, Matt 7.92 point uh, Ryan in fantasy, <laughs> by the way. I believe it was. So give me Tom Brady. All right. Yeah, Tom Brady's got a pretty good track record uh, against Matt Ryan. Only the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Uh, and then on to Dallas versus the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a really fun game. This is an interesting game. I'm curious to see who you have in the Cowboys versus Chargers uh, as high as I was on Justin Herbert, uh, give me Dak Prescott. And really? I'm shocked. I thought for sure you were going to pick the Chargers. I know you're really high on the Chargers. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys as well. I'm, I, I, I'm thinking they're going to win this game. I, I, I like the Cowboys this year, so I'm going to pick Dallas. And then on to Tennessee versus Seattle. Give me Seattle. Uh, obviously, I talked about how Ryan Tannehill looked so disappointing this last week, and I don't think that changes against Russ and, and the Seattle Seahawks. Who you got in this game? I'm I'm gonna go with uh, the Seattle Seahawks as well. Um, Russell Wilson just balled out this last week, and he's gonna do the same thing against the Tennessee Titans. All right, and then on to the primetime game Sunday night. We have Kansas City at the Baltimore Ravens. Who you got in the Sunday night football game? I honestly don't even need to wait for the Ravens on uh, on tonight's game. I'm gonna go with Kansas City. Yeah, I'm. I feel the same way. Kansas City. They Patrick Mahomes kind of kicks Lamar Jackson's butt every time they play. And I don't think that's going to change. Kansas City is dominant, uh, and they'll win Sunday Night Football. And then on to the final game, Monday night, the Fighting Dan Campbells. You talked about them this game earlier. Detroit versus Green Bay. Who you got uh, on Monday Night Football? I see you smiling. Joe, you're not going to believe it. I see it. you smiling. You're not going to believe it. We're going Motor City, no, Dan we're Campbell, not. and Detroit Lions. We are taking them. They're winning oh this game, goodness. Joe. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I can't do it. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I think they'll bounce back. They have to. Aaron Rodgers, please, for my fantasy team, you have to bounce back. So I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers, but I love that you're going with Motor City Dan, as you call him. That's fantastic. You know, it's it's really not the smart pick, but when in Pickums has the smart pick ever played uh, uh, in your favor? Certainly so not we're going to go week. with Detroit. Certainly not last week. Yeah, exactly. Last week, nothing worked. But this week, I thought we worked pretty well uh, overall, Mike. I thought this was a good episode. I don't know about you. Uh, I had fun. It was a fun week one of the NFL season. No, that's for sure. It really was. I believe um, these episodes are just going to get better and better as our chemistry gets better and better. Um, I, I had a lot of fun this week. I know we had a few technical difficulties while recording this one, but it, it's not going to stop me from wanting to keep recording more. I had a good time, and I can't wait till next week to see um, to see me leading in the pickums after all my picks were right. <laughs> And we'll just have to see how it plays out. We'll have to see about that. I uh, can't wait till next week when the Dolphins are undefeated still at the top of the AFC East. And I have my pickums all in order and we're, we're back on track. I only get, uh, you know, two wrong or whatever it is. But no, this was really fun. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties along the way. Hopefully 
Joe irons everything out like he usually does. But uh, it was a fun, fun episode, fun week. We'll be back next week. Uh, for those of you that are listening, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you, get, you guys give us a five-star review, five-star rating. Uh, share the podcast with your friends, with your family. Don't be selfish. If you like the podcast, share it with your fan, with your night with your fans. Share it with your friend, your family, and your friends. Sorry, it's getting late at night. I'm I'm getting tired. You got you got to share it with the fans. Even <laughs> even your friends, your family, and your fans. And your fans. And your fans, please. Even your fans. Uh, but for Mike and for JT behind uh, the computer, uh, we're signing off. We we had a great week one. Looking forward to. A great week, too. But until then, we will catch you guys on the next one.